0: it's gonna be weird that the window is open. I don't know. The window is open guys.
1: It's not our heater it's something else.
0: (laughs) I feel like there was some like bird noise in the last episode and so I don't know what's gonna happen now that we're just like exposed to all of the sounds of the whole city right here but I don't know it's nice out and we don't want to waste that by closing the windows. so here we go. This week we are talking about kind of like general updates So, wrapping up stories where the ending was perhaps, like, hanging out there last time we talked about it. Mm -hmm. So, there's no overarching theme. We're going to be bouncing around a little bit so that we can wrap up a few things that we've kind of left hanging thus far. Yeah. Like, what happened to the headboard?
1: What did happen to the headboard?
0: If you remember, in our episode, I think I called it Selling Stuff Online to Strangers. Um, We had talked about trying to sell this headboard forever Mm -hmm. And no one wanted it And everyone was so confused And we just didn't know what to do But we needed to walk again through our hallway So we threw it away
1: We did throw it away
0: I was thinking, actually, I didn't know what the like show notes for this episode were gonna look like, but you sent me that really like good, but also really sad picture of it in the dumpster.
1: Oh, ah, yeah, do you still have that?
0: I think so, somewhere.
1: I think I deleted it.
0: Oh, I would have to but... scroll back through our texts. I think, or actually, I think my phone like collates all the photos you've sent me in our text message under your...
1: Cool. I also yeah. just realized as I'm talking. My fo- my photos like I have them auto backup on to my google drive so it should be there cool yeah Uh, there's a little
0: behind the scenes show note action right there phew
1: (laughs) yeah so we didn't put it in there because it was a construction dumpster just to be clear no one come for us we put it where we're supposed to put it And then I think our super just threw it in this construction dumpster. It looked pretty funny.
0: Yeah, it was kind of like fortuitous that the dumpster was there that week specifically because our apartment hasn't really had a dumpster in front of it in the time that we've lived here. And so it made for kind of a dramatic photo op.
1: Yeah, true. It
0: it was kind of sad. I felt kind of sad. I didn't want to throw something away that I had made and that. I had sourced all of the materials for. Like, I think I put in a previous episode how hard it was to get all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just—it was time. Yeah. It was time for our current lifestyle to let go of that vestige of a past lifestyle.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was sad. But it was time.
0: People talk about this in minimalism specifically. I've read this a lot. That like, it's great to want to sell your stuff and to pass it on to someone else and also to make a little money off of it. But don't let that get in the way of you living your actual life, Mm -hmm. you know? And I felt like we kind of just reached that tipping point with it of like, it was too much in the way. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened there. In case anyone was up at night thinking about it. The other thing I wanted to talk about was the Grand Bazaar Furniture Market. Ah, yes. Because in one of the episodes, we said, like, oh, this weekend we're going to do this, and then we'll give you guys a recap, because it was specifically, the Grand Bazaar runs every weekend, but it was specifically their kind of beginning of summer, like, big home decor furniture show that was supposed to have most of that stuff out there, and then we never did the recap show.
1: hmm
0: And the reason we never did the recap show was...
1: got totally washed out.
0: It wasn't like a rain day in that it drizzles in the morning and then like mists for the rest of the day and it's kind of uncomfortable the whole time. It's raining. It poured all day. Yeah. Soaking wet.
1: Got some iced tea though.
0: We did go there. It's not like we ditched it because it was rain or shine and we were hoping that everything would kind of just get moved indoors um but what happened was all of the vendors who were supposed to be outside didn't come because they didn't want their furniture to get wet Mm -hmm. which is totally reasonable the people who did come were like collecting rain in buckets to kind of like keep it from dripping off their tarps into their stalls
1: yeah it's pretty wild they're they're troopers
0: they definitely and i guess the guy was telling us it was because you don't get refunded on a rain day like Mm -hmm. you either come or you lose the money you have paid grand bazaar so people showed up and did their thing but it wasn't to the extent that we thought it was going to be and the indoor stuff was kind of the indoor stuff that tends to be there which is the smaller sort of things Mm -hmm. um more of the like Jewelry and personal items and like self-care bath and body products and stuff like that. Right. Which is all cool but not what we were there for specifically that day. Right. So, no great furniture finds. We'll definitely be going to Grand Bazaar again this summer, I'm sure, on a nicer day to see... When
1: it's not raining.
0: (laughs) Yeah, what comes out. We did get, not only did we get that iced tea but we got that um, Rice Krispie Treat but instead of Rice Krispies it was tricks. Oh yeah. Which... I was pretty stoked on. Yeah, it was good. I was for it. It was yummy. Um, but it was one of those days, really, where you go out in New York City, and New York City just wins, and you get home, and you're, like, tired, and you're like, why did I even leave here? Mm-hmm. So that was not a win for us, specifically, yeah, I would was say. High. However, we do have Elephant's Trunk coming up, which will also be going to Rain or Shine, because we've already paid for the hotel we're staying in.
1: Yeah, committed.
0: But hopefully... That's awesome. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't rain. And we can do a roundup of that.
1: Even if it does rain. I don't know, hopefully.
0: I mean, yeah, we would just wear our bean boots and like go (coughs) and do it, you know. Be
1: like the most Connecticut.
0: Yeah, I mean we're gonna be in Connecticut. There's no way to avoid
1: Might as well just bring our bean boots anyway.
0: (laughs) But like what if it's like a hundred degrees at a hundred percent humidity? Bean
1: boots and shorts.
0: (laughs) Your feet would be mad sweaty. Yeah,
1: your feet would be mad sweaty. Anyway. What did we talk about with beeswax wrap?
0: I couldn't remember if we talked about this or not in a different scenario, but in our first Eco Products Roundup, last week's was the second one. But Be- uh-huh. before that, we had gotten the beeswax wrap and we were talking about pros and cons of it. But did we ca- talk about my avocado disaster or like my um, my peanut butter and honey situation?
1: I don't know. No, we can talk about it again. It's pretty funny.
0: There have been a few situations with the beeswax wrap where it like, I was trying to do with it what it isn't meant to have done with <laughs> it, I think. Because I've been trying my best to use it to replace plastic bags. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in like one situation, I wrapped up half an avocado in it to take it with me to work and that avocado color hey, you mean transferred like pretty hard.
1: cling wrap, right? Not like plastic bags.
0: Well, this week I'm putting, like, my half avocado in just, like, a Ziploc bag.
1: Ah, I see what you mean.
0: I think it does, in many ways, function like cling wrap, like when you're covering a bowl or something. I think that's a good use of it that we've liked.
1: Yeah, well, I think you'd cover an avocado in cling wrap, too, if you were so inclined. That's true. But, anyway.
0: I'm not so much a user of cling wrap in real life. I'm much more of a plastic bag user, I would say. So, for me, in my brain, whenever I'm like, oh, I would put this in a plastic bag... I try to put it in beeswax, Mm. like when I'm bringing like a slice of bread to go with my soup at work or something. Rather than putting it in a plastic bag, I wrap it up in the beeswax, and that's a nice situation.
1: Yeah, it's a nice situation. Bringing a peanut butter and jelly sandwich.
0: Well, so (laughs) here's what happened. (laughs) Um, We, you had made sourdough English muffins for breakfast prep. Correct which means that you made 10 of them and we were both going to eat them over the course of the work week for breakfast. Mm -hmm. And that the plan was to put, the plan was to put peanut butter and jelly on them. The jelly didn't work out for other reasons. And so we switched to peanut butter and honey, which is a pretty precarious situation on its own. Like even in a plastic bag, that could have gotten weird. Very structurally unstable. Uh But in my brain, I was like, Let me just put this in a beeswax wrap real quick, (laughs) and I got to work, and it had basically soaked through the beeswax wrap. It was like the whole situation was just wet with honey. Yeah, and it had sopped out the sides of the English muffins, so there were just like chunks of peanut butter and honey like stuck to the beeswax wrap. And I tried to eat it, but it was all over my hands. And one (laughs) of my pet peeves is when the food you're eating is all over your hands. Mm. I like to be, like, clean-handed when I eat. So I was very overwhelmed. And I finished eating, and I, like, kind of tried to mitigate the situation. But really, I ended up, like, just balling it up and putting it in a Tupperware so I didn't get honey on the inside of my bag. (laughs) Um... And then we had to do a pretty serious extraction process when we got it back. It wasn't just like a rinse off the beeswax and hang it up. It was like a, a scrubbing sort of action that had to happen.
1: Yeah, it's pretty real. So I remember unfolding it, being like, "Huh, huh, huh." <laughs> huh. <laughs> this is like every fold was like weirder and weirder. <laughs> yeah,
0: it it was a lot, and I think it. Alerted me to the limitations of the beeswax wrap. It is not a panacea for all plastic food storage options. It is really like good in situations where transfer is not an issue. (laughs) And I wouldn't call it like waterproof. That's all. That's all I have to say about that. I'm not gonna say I'm disappointed in it, but I'm not. Appointed in it.
1: Wow. Appointed?
0: <laughs> Whatever the opposite of disappointed is.
1: I don't know, like floored or amazed, perhaps?
0: Yeah, I'm certainly not amazed with it. Yeah. It's like I a don't. little crunchy granola.
1: Well, it's crunchy granola when you put crunchy granola in it. <laughs> I think it's fine. It's just like replacement cling. Like when we put it over top of baked things, it's fine. When we wrap the bread in it, it's fine. Things you'd use cling wrap for. Fine, you could use cling wrap on a peanut butter and honey sandwich, but then you would throw out the cling wrap.
0: <laughs> I'm imagining, like, how gross that would feel on your hands, like, when the peanut butter was just, like, in it and it's all smushy. Yeah, it'd be squishy. I don't yeah, like, like a
1: squishy that. sensory thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know That's that's supposed to deter people from beeswax wrap, but just, like, have it be known. Also, I redecoge the table after... I put a poll about it in the show notes. I put the poll in the show notes or rather on Instagram stories um, when we talked about redoing the bedroom because basically everything in the bedroom was refinished except for that table, which I had decoupaged before we painted and before we swapped out the bed and everything like that. Uh And people universally said, don't redecoupage it. But I couldn't tell if that was just because people were trying to, like, not hurt my feelings. Or if they actually thought it went with the room.
1: Fifteen hours later, perhaps people were right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I... So, I waited a really long time to do it. That was several months ago. That was an earlier episode, I would say. Yeah, probably. But... I don't know, I haven't done a project in a while, you know? it was. I was kind of like itching for it. It really did stand out in that room, I thought. You never thought about it, not once. Okay, well, I thought it stood out in the room. <laughs> and also, as we shared last week, we got that cool uh, peacock napkin holder for mm-hmm. the handkerchiefs. Mm-hmm. And I just figured like once that and the um, cactus vase were on it that it was really like calling for a change of tone and so the cool thing about this project is that it was going to be a zero dollar project it was all stuff that i had already because this is a technique i really got into and so i have the decoupage glue i have a bunch of paper scraps and the cool thing about decoupage is that you really can do it with paper scraps you don't need huge Like sheets of paper to do it, depending on what your aesthetic is. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that layered, like textured look. So the little pieces weren't a problem at all. I did, however, I've been using like these patterns of paper in projects across the house. So I wanted a little bit of variety and I went out and I bought two new pieces of paper just to be able to like add some new bits to it. Mm -hmm. So the whole project cost me 13 bucks, but. Really, for a trash table that's like not that bad. Yeah. Now, as people know, there's like a point in every single one of my projects where stuff starts to go south and it really doesn't look like I'm going to be able to salvage it. Mm-hmm. That point in this project came very early. So I knew that I was going to have to first undecoupage the table and then redecoupage it. And that was because I'd used all those really bright colors mm-hmm. on on it the first time because the whole room was white and this time I was going with more of a neutral and a lot of papers that have sort of a cream or white background and so I didn't want what was under it to show through I don't know why I thought this but I was just like oh if I like start pulling on this paper in a really serious way it's just gonna come off
1: Hmm. did that work
0: no (laughs) not at all (laughs) and then I was like well, okay. I guess I'm going to now be like, I picked, I started like picking at it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought that would work either, but I just started kind of like ripping it off and it would come off in like little half inch bits, or the top layer would come off and then what was underneath it and had really been like saturated in the glue would be stuck under there. Because decoupaging is not only like, gluing the back of the paper to the thing it's then putting layers of glue over the top and that was probably several hours into it before it occurred to me to google it (laughs) and there are a decent number of blogs that talk to you about how to remove decoupage glue which i you know makes sense there are people out there who have the same problems i do and it was crazy stuff people were like okay so you're gonna need some paint thinner or like you're gonna need wallpaper remover and i was like I don't know I first of all I have used paint thinner on this table before Mm -hmm. Um, I also try now to not use chemicals like that like we don't really have outdoor space and you're not supposed to put (laughs) that stuff inside I also I always put something down underneath me when I do a project like this but like we have pretty nice floors and I'm not trying to destroy the floor with paint thinner fair and then I you know, I use like a little bit of it and we have to safe dispose it and it's a whole fucking thing. So I was like, I'm not doing any of that. And frankly, like this is a trash table. It came from the trash. And so if something goes wrong and the table has to go back into the trash, you know, whatever. But this table and I have been through a lot and I really love it. And I wanted to salvage this project because also it's like a really nice size for that space. So... One of the blogs was like, okay, you can spray it with water Hmm. and wait about half an hour and see if the glue starts to like turn tacky again. So that's what I did. I sprayed it with water. Yeah, but like times a billion. That shit was wet. (laughs) Yeah. And I waited and that worked a little bit. I would say I was getting stuff off, but also the paper was like crumbling in my hands. Mm -hmm. And so I was like still only getting like little bits of it off. And then it would start to dry and I'd have to like spray it again. And it like there was a swamp forming underneath me. There was standing water on my tarp. I was so frustrated. This project probably took me nine hours. Mm -hmm. And so at this point I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to sand it off. And what maybe people don't know is that the beginning of this table's life was me spending, like, solid months sanding it. it a lot of months. Layers and layers and layers of paint. Until I got the paint thinner. I just, like, gave up and was like, fuck it, we have to get this shit off. Mm-hmm. So, one final sanding of the table to remove, like, the big chunks of paper and whatever I could get off. At this point, the finish of the table is not useful to me, nor do I care because I'm about to recover it. Mm -hmm. But like, it was so crazy. This table is like almost destroyed. The fact that it is still standing is so insane. I had to ditch my tarp because it was like a lagoon. (laughs) And then I just put like some plastic grocery bags under the legs. And at this point, I'm, like, about to start actually, like, putting the paper back on. I'm not even really thinking about what the paper looks like anymore because I just, like, need to finish this project. I think it turned out well. Mm-hmm. Probably I could have paused and just, like, waited until the next weekend and gotten it done. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to create this content for the podcast. Ha. So I did it I did it for the people. Wow. Yeah, for the fans. You hear that, listeners? Uh um, <laughs> I wanted to be able to photograph it this week and put it in the show notes and talk about it in this episode. So here we are. I'm happy with it. If I had been able to, like, see anymore, maybe I would have done it a little <coughs> bit differently. But here we are. And I think I've reached the point with this table when, like, it no longer goes with the room. I just need a new table. Mm. But I would say that for a trash table, it's lived a really good life, and right now it looks nice.
1: Yeah, I think it looks nice.
0: Are you just saying that because you watched me like re it for nine hours?
1: No. No, I think it's nice.
0: I was a little afraid that it would be too metallic. Hmm cuz like the vibe of most of the papers I have it was black and white but then there are a lot of metallics mixed in mm-hmm. and the new papers I got were both like almost entirely metallic so I didn't know if it was going to be too shiny i don't yeah. know maybe i'll ask people in the poll if it's too shiny and then they'll tell me no to protect my feelings ha
1: and <laughs> you feel validated
0: i don't feel validated i really want to know what people think you know about the table Well, just about anything. When I put a poll up, I'm just trying to, like, gauge public, like, what is the word I'm looking for?
1: I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Public opinion. Ah, there it is.
0: You know, I just want to, like, know what the goings-on are, and my feelings have nothing to do with that. What? I just thought you were going to respond to what I said. It's like, part of the conversation that we're having.
1: Well, I I guess I... (laughs) I'm a little lost in it. I...
0: Like, if I were to post a poll that was, like, like new table <laughs> pick, right? Uh-huh. right? Like, having told this story, assuming the people who see the poll have heard this story. And then I ask, like, too much metallic, just enough metallic. Uh-huh. Is everyone going to vote just enough metallic because they've, like, heard this story and know how much effort I put into it? Uh-huh. Or are they just going to objectively look at the table and be like, I like this or I don't?
1: You can make the poll options i like this or i don't (laughs) and that might yield better results i think with any public opinion poll i mean there are people who study this it's about what you make the answers as much as or what you make the questions rather as much as like what the answer is
0: so maybe i'm just like not practiced enough at giving the polls
1: Hmm. maybe yeah gotta make them a little more unbiased no is that what the word i'm looking for i don't know
0: I guess yeah. I don't understand how to remove the bias from them.
1: I mean, there really is no way. They're just an Instagram poll. But <laughs> if you ask, is this metallic enough or too metallic? That's different than, do you like this? Yes, no. That's fair. And I think people like scrolling through their feed or their, uh, I mean, their story feed. Out will see that and say yes or no. Hmm. So, like it, make
0: it easier for people to vote.
1: Yeah, that will be more of like a a gut thing Mm. they don't have to sit and read him by the time they sit and read it maybe they've contemplated your feelings or maybe (laughs) they have heard the episode if you just make it a yes no thing people look at the table and be like yes where people look at the table and be like no. you gotta keep it easy yeah
0: it's fair
1: yeah thanks
0: so this last thing i don't think i've talked about on the podcast i don't even know if anyone cares about it but i'm doing it so i'm gonna talk about it (laughs) it's
1: fair I'm interested in it. I don't even fully understand it either.
0: So I'm doing this thing that I think is called a thirty by thirty. I've never heard it said out loud, actually. So I don't know if that's like how one would speak that. Yeah,
1: no, not to be confused with the ESPN film series.
0: I don't know what that is.
1: It's a thirty by thirty.
0: Okay. Was it cool?
1: I mean, it's like what? It was a documentary series. Like what? Uh, like Brandon and Brady, where it hurts to win there. Thinking about, like, entering in- into it. Which is, like, a documentary series about, like, touching or, like, controversial or interesting sports moments or figures. But, I mean, it's just the name of the series, I don't know. Yeah, this is not that. This yeah. is different. It was meant to be a quick joke. Much like the polls. It's been <laughs> dragged out.
0: Um, so, I... We've talked about it before, conscious consumption is like my goal of the year, and that was kind of spawned by at the end of last year, like looking more into the sustainable clothing and slow clothing movements online. And so when I started to follow, her name is Sarah, but she runs a blog and an Instagram account called Petra Alexandra. Confusing. Kind of, yeah. It would be cool if her name were Petra. That's a cool name. Mm. There's nothing she can do about that, though. Her name is Sarah. And I don't know. I think her account is cool. She like has sustainable brand partnership. She talks about her lifestyle and dressing herself and all sorts of that sort of stuff. Um, and so this month she's running a May 30 by 30, which is a challenge, maybe? Ish. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing <clears throat> that people are doing where for 30 days you make outfits out of only 30 items of clothing Mm -hmm. and that can be whatever you want it to be because literally no one is like there to enforce rules (laughs) um but i'm including like outerwear coats jackets, stuff i'm including shoes not including undergarments um i actually have 26 things on my list wow yeah but it's weird, right? So I'm doing it because there's someone else I follow who goes by Jazzy Wang online. I think that's cool. Jazzy is like a fun name. <laughs> that, I think that's a nickname, though. I would imagine. Yeah. Perhaps. Um, she has a, a Google spreadsheet that is live on her blog for anyone to see of how often she's worn every piece of clothing in her wardrobe. She wow. has 66 pieces of clothing in her wardrobe. Pretty serious thing to track. Yeah. But like, that's a sort of thing that's really interesting to me to be like, am I getting the value out of this thing that I own? And the only way to do that is to like get data. But I could imagine that trying to daily document everything I wear would become really overwhelming to me. And then I would feel like I was failing at doing this thing that like no one was making me do. And it would be very stressful so i wanted to use this 30 by 30 as an opportunity to actually document like how much i'm wearing the things that i'm wearing and the reason that i only have 26 pieces of mine is because i literally wear the same things every day even when i'm not doing a 30 by 30 you know Mm -hmm. so that was the reason i was doing it was just so that i'm tracking everything i wear maybe i'll like take a snap of my little note and put it in the show notes for people and Just seeing, like, do I get the value out of these things that I want? I also wanted to try to, like, limit myself so that I generate new outfits out of stuff that I already own. I did something a little earlier this year where I emptied out my whole closet and kind of, like, made outfits with the things I already have. Things that, like, sometimes get stuck more toward the back that I don't remember. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, I think by the time this episode airs, I will be on my last day of it. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's been hard. I would say sometimes, like, I always get this feeling of, like, oh, I have nothing to wear. That's not true. I actually have 68 items of clothing in my wardrobe, I counted. Wow. Which is not many, but I think, like, that's just my training of having small closets for the past 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's been interesting to just kind of see... What I naturally gravitate toward, what I have on the list that I haven't worn yet, mm-hmm. I would say I've generated one new outfit, maybe. Nice. The jeans with the denim button down.
1: Mm.
0: I'm a fan of denim on denim and have like returned to it <laughs> a few times over the course of my life, but I try to be like sparing about it because I know people think it's a very serious move. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been interesting um I am at the end of May going to go back to wearing all of the things that I own because it would be a waste if I didn't but I think it's going to be a good data collection point and maybe if I find that like there's something on the list that I haven't worn in 30 days it's time to let it go maybe not maybe it's just a weather thing there's been some crazy weather yeah. this month yeah. I have my shorts on the list. I got these awesome new shorts, and I've been trying to make it summer so that I can wear them. Mm-hmm. And so I put them on the list so that when it was time, I could wear them as much as I wanted. And I haven't worn them yet because it's just been winter until like two days ago.
1: Well, what?
0: No, I haven't. I've worn them once, but not in May. There was that freak uh, day yeah. in April where I got to break them out.
1: Yeah, Huh. that was a while ago. Hmm. Man, well, hopefully, you can bust them out soon.
0: Hopefully. But why were you inspired by the 30x30? You're not actively doing it, but I'm you were not. interested.
1: I was. I was intrigued. Um, well, I was intrigued. Mainly because i somebody similar to you, feeling in a rut with all my stuff. I have a lot, a lot of stuff. I mean, a good amount of stuff. Um, but especially for workshops, I have very few, like, I don't know, professional. But what I do professional clothing but what I do is in this kind of weird gray area of like if I dress too professional people would be like why is this businessman here to run a poetry workshop <laughs> and if I dress too casual like if I wore like I mean for the garden workshops sometimes I just wear shorts and a t-shirt but if I was in a school like pushing in for the Bronx for that partnership you know I'm representing the Bronx museum and it would look like foolish if I was there in like gym shorts and a t-shirt you know so I was curious really more about the thought of putting different pieces together. They're different in putting a set number of pieces together in different combinations. Right, yeah. Um, which is kind of a weird sentence to form <laughs> when you really do it. There's a lot of ets going on in there. Mm. Um, yeah, and so I was curious about that. I don't know that I've done much in the way of revitalizing my wardrobe with that But it got me down a rabbit hole of all those um, outfit box services or, like, style box services, like Stitch Fix and whatnot. And I looked into them, thought pretty seriously about doing them for a minute, but then realized, kind of, my problem isn't that I need more things. I maybe just need to be, I don't know, a bit more creative or take some time to define, like, what exactly I want my tone to be when I go into these workshops and into these settings uh, that's more of like a an image thing and a branding thing I suppose uh, and uh, yeah taking some time to kind of figure out what I want that oh I mean, yeah I mean it is straight up branding really what I want that branding to be so that when I go places I have some consistency to my look and I kind of started it like uh, the past couple of years at Rebecca school when I was still a TA and creative writing teacher, two days, I would wear specifically like button downs and things on days that I was teaching creative writing to be like, this is what I'm doing today, you know? Whereas when I was a TA, I would just wear fucking whatever because that's <laughs> the way it goes. And now that that role has shifted, and now that I'm only running workshops there, or running workshops other places, I'm sort of in this place of like, I don't need to necessarily differentiate myself professionally that way i need to figure out like what i want my style to be in these spaces what like what i want my image to be and figure that out so i don't know anyone with any advice tan if you're listening (laughs) i want to hit apartment 26 um,
0: oh man if tan listened to apartment 26 i would probably die
1: (laughs) (laughs) it'd be pretty serious um i mean i think that, that would be serious um,
0: like I wouldn't even know what to do with that information it yeah. would make me self-conscious about recording them
1: yeah it would, it'd change the game I think for our little uh podcast 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 I, could. I
0: thought that that was the word for little podcast oh man it is now podcast
1: wow I that's really fun um it's gonna be a children's phone now watch out everyone um yeah I don't know That's maybe a podcast or a podcast for itself. Maybe I'll update everyone on a future clothing episode cool, if it comes up. But yeah, still sort of navigating that. Um, But this was an interesting concept to me, 30 by 30, I thought, for that reason. For like, oh, let's take what I already have and see what I can do differently with it.
0: I think what's been interesting to me about the sustainable clothing space is how much it overlaps sustainable living and sustainable home stuff. I don't, I didn't really think about it that way. Like clothing and home stuff were both categories of things I spent money on, Mm -hmm. but they seemed separate. And really, I think with this idea of conscious consumption and intentionality and things, there's a lot of overlap of like, how do I want to live? How do I want to present myself to the world? Like, the things that surround me and the things I clothe myself in should make me feel a certain way and, like, maintain my values in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Which I wasn't really thinking about so much.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. It's interesting, for sure. Like, we just got the $10 coupon for Marine Layer, and there are some shorts that I might get for the garden workshops that I have coming up, Uh, so I keep referencing them, but I do workshops in community gardens, like poetry workshops, and oftentimes it's very hot because they're in June, and the next series is July and August, so it's pretty hot months in New York City. So for those I've been wearing, I really like, uh, Old Navy puts out these like athleisure-esque gym shorts, but they're less money than like Lululemon. (laughs) because they're old navy um and it's kind of been a nice like quasi-professional but i think the families that come to the workshops recognize that like it's summertime and we're outside and we're also in a garden you know they're like pretty active we're doing actual planting in the garden so they don't expect me to look the way like the teachers might when i the teachers who work with me at the museum might
0: you really rock the shorts, though. Like, I bought these shorts, and this will be my first pair of shorts in a long time, and I'm going to have to learn how to kind of use them in the right way. Mm. And you really f- have fully embraced the short as part of your aesthetic, I find.
1: Yeah, that's true. I wear a lot of shorts. Always wear a lot of shorts. It's kind of like a, I don't know. It's your brand. It's my brand. It's my brand. <laughs> there we go. Wow, we solved a problem. It's my summertime brand. I think the fact that I live in New York City limits that branding a little bit. <laughs> Maybe if I was in, like, L.A., it could be my brand. Um, Any event, these shorts look pretty nice. And they would be my first slow clothing purchase, which I'm interested in. I've never really done, I've never really explored slow clothing the way you have. I guess I never really heard of it until you got into it, despite all my other eco-freakness. So, yeah, curious to see what's up with them. We'll report back. Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment 26.
0: For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below and follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast.
1: See you next time.